I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Did you know that Wix.com is used by more than 84 million people worldwide? That's a ridiculous number. I didn't make it up. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business and they make it real simple. You go sign up for free, use one of their customizable templates Drop in your images. You don't need to hire a designer or any of that stuff. Yeah, you can just do it yourself with Wix.com. So go today. It's fast and easy. Send us a link to your new site, and we'll talk about it on the air if you made it with Wix.com. Don't try to cheat on that. Can't wait to see what you make. Wix.com, W-I-X.com. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What up, what up? Welcome back, Rebels. It's Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. My guest today is a cook, a blogger, and a legit social influencer. Her name's Michelle Tam. She's the owner of Nom Nom Paleo, which was nominated for a James Beard Award. If you don't know what that is, look it up. She's been called the Martha Stewart of Paleo and not because of any securities fraud or anything like that. Um, she's gonna give some tips into living paleo without annoying all your friends. She's surprisingly not really that hardcore paleo. She's uh, much more balanced than you might expect given her position in the paleo community. And she's going to give us some insights into her career path, how she's built this business. Uh, she's learned to think of herself as the consumer and really create content that speaks to her and let the rest sort of take care of itself, which I think is interesting. She's also going to give us some cooking hacks and some life tips on getting a good night's sleep. So good stuff for you here. Let's get into the interview right after our EDM.com track of the week. Every time I leave, it 
getting easier to walk away from you and walk out on my own. I swear you make no sense, but you keep on talking up the bones of what you say. It barely makes sense to me. That was Angus Dawson with Listen, our EDM.com track of the week. Now let's hear the interview with Michelle. Well, thanks for coming. This is, uh, this is exciting. No one's brought socks or a vinyl toy. Because to nobody be is money stupid enough to do something like no, this. No, this is so cool. <laughs> how, does this, how does this happen? I think we... Like, Henry and I just like, like, whenever we like something, we're yeah. like, oh, let's just do it. And so when we were thinking of how to market our cookbook, Henry's like, we should do, like, a mini Michelle vinyl action figure. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, we didn't know anybody who made dolls. And so, you know, we just went to Google. Uh-huh. And he just Googled and he found this company based in Toronto. Um, so these are not Alibaba products. They are not. In fact, wow. we even thought about that for our socks. Um, and I think we got a quote from some person in China. Yeah. But then the socks totally sucked. And oh, yeah, so, that's how it works. Yeah, and so then... That's part I, of the game. I really, really like gumball poodle socks. Like, they make the coolest socks I've ever. I've never heard of that. They make bacon socks. They have, if you Google now, they have some... Um, Bernie Sanders and Trump socks, okay. where they actually have hair. <laughs> no way. And they're super cute. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, oh, is that what you're wearing? Oh, you're not wearing no, socks. No, I'm not wearing socks. I have, okay. I have little hidden socks. But ah. um, Gumball Poodle makes them. And so I contacted them, like, yeah. do you guys do custom socks? Because it would be cool if we could do Nom Nom Paleo socks. And she's like, yeah, we can do custom. And so we did it. And then I think we sold some, but it was such a pain because I was like, shipping them myself and at the time sure. i was still working as a night shift pharmacist oh wow and i was like oh this this sucks yeah. um and so then now i just kind of give them away to people because i just it's too much of a pain to send stuff it's cool yeah <laughs> just a bag full of socks i love it it, it is it's, yeah nice well i'm excited to have you here uh like i said i was listening to your podcast and it's a lot <laughs> the of fun one that's kind of defunct yeah the podcast it's not totally defunct. no longer okay but it's no longer weekly. I think initially we promised it would be weekly. Weekly's hard. Yeah. And then we promised it was bi-weekly. Yeah. And then now it's been over a month since our last one. Um, but I think the the thing is, like, it, Nom Nom Paley was only, like, me. And I'm, like, a full-time mom. So mm-hmm. it kind of fits around when the kids are in school and when they're sleeping. And my husband, who is, like, has a real job, um, as an attorney, <laughs> so he does it when he's not at work. Sure. Um, and then we have now a uh, a guy who kind of helps behind the scenes. But yeah, he, I heard about him. But he he just kind of uh, helps him with Facebook. The Lauren. fitness nerds. Yes, at I guy. found him at Camp Nerd Fitness. Right. Um, and so, but it's just a small team, and so we can only do sure. so much. And I think I was listening to um, you know Tim Ferriss and and. They were talking about how long it takes them to put together a podcast. Yeah. What did he say? He says, well, for him, I think it's a little faster because his isn't scripted or anything. That guy's a liar because he says he does everything in under four hours. I know, I know. There's no... But, like, all of the... Can't trust Tim Ferriss. Right. Like, all of the, you know, 
NPR people and This American Life people, like, those take months. Really? For each one. Yeah, uh-huh. and they're all scripted. And yeah. I was just like, huh. You know, maybe it's okay if ours doesn't come out that often. And we just make sure that when it does come out, that it's something that we're proud of. Yeah. And if we're not proud of it, we're just not going to put one out. Sure. Yeah. And is that how you're doing your scripting? We are kind of scripting. How do you script the kids? You can't. So for Because your kids are on on the show with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they're edited. They're highly edited. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, they're 8 and 11. Nice. And so I think for Henry and I— You have to edit out all their swearing? They don't. They know not to do it okay, when good. we're being recorded. Nice. But we've told them that our house is a safe space. Uh-huh. <laughs> but okay. outside of the house, you can't use these words. Nice. And you can't use them in anger towards someone. Okay. But you can say them as much as you want. That's pretty good. Um, but I think for Henry and I, we, we script it just so we know what we're saying. And then we have the kids come in, and they kind of say whatever. And so then they... Or not. It's hard to script the kids because then when they read, it sounds so lame. Sure. Um, So we just try to have them come in and we try to edit in. And I think that's why it takes so long is because we have to edit a lot. And I think Henry just learned how to do it on GarageBand. Uh You know, he Googled how to do it. And so it's not like this is something we're experts at. Um, So it just takes a long time. But you are the expert at Paleo. I think I read that you're the Martha Stewart of Paleo. You know, what's funny about that quote is so <laughs> I think the, the New York Times called me something of a something of the Martha Stewart of Paleo. Yeah. But did then the, I you... think like another like I think CBS News then called me the Martha Stewart of Paleo, uh-huh. not knowing that oh, the that's New York funny. Times was being very derisive wow. and was saying she's something of a. But now we're like, hey, someone said I was the Martha exactly. Stewart of Paleo. So okay, I'll go with it. And is that because you went to jail for a securities fraud? No. Oh. I don't know. I was like, it's because I'm like the old lady in paleo. I don't think it's that's that. mean. Oh, well, yeah, I've heard, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that about her. Well, maybe her. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think know. that's what they mean. Yeah. But I was like, you. I don't know. That's, that's cool. I think it, I think it means like all knowing, authoritative hmm. is what I get. Yeah. Well, that is actually something that bothers me when people ask me, is this paleo? Is this not paleo? Right. Why are you eating this? And like you're the arbiter. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. no, my whole thing. Maybe when I first started paleo, I was way more strict about it. And I was like, no, this is very black and white. You can't eat this or this. But then now that I've been doing it for like five or six years, um, and I've had like, lots. Filet of fish? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. But I think that as long as you're mindful of what you're eating okay. and you're just paying attention and you're making a mindful choice, like say you want a filet of fish. You know that it's not the healthiest thing in the world. Right. But you are making the choice to eat it and yeah. you'll take the consequences. As as opposed to before, I think when I used to eat, I would just eat things that I was told was healthy or I assumed was healthy. And I never thought about how, how, I, how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I felt crappy all the time. But right. I just thought I was just getting older. Or yeah. That's just what happens. Sure. Um. But then I think when I just started paying attention and, like, it's like, oh, the veil was lifted. Um, and that's when I got annoying for a little bit. And then I think I had a lot of friends and family say, you know, you're being super judgmental wow. <laughs> and annoying. So I'm like, okay, fine. I will just put this on the Internet. It's great and feedback. Then, yes. And yeah. then, but I, I took that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's just there on the interwebs for free if right. you want to find it. And sure. if you do, it's all there. Um, and so I think that's a better way instead of trying to like 
be this crazy paleo evangelist. Which seems to be the norm, you know, I think. So, you know, I I am loosely follow, you know, some paleo. You can be bi-paleo, you can be paleo light, whatever (laughs) works for you. I wouldn't describe myself that way. But but I think it's exactly what you said. I really pay close attention to what Mm -hmm. I eat. And so some of those things may or may not fit into a paleo regimen, mm-hmm. but, but, I'm, but I'm conscious of what mm-hmm. I'm putting into my body, and, you know, that's important to me, mm-hmm. whatever those choices are. Um, but, you know, that's really hard to sell, mm-hmm. right? And, and what's, um, you know, diet trends seem to be in um, inexhaustible mm-hmm. supply, right? Like there's always a new thing. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, like we couldn't eat eggs and everything was low fat. And then, you know, Atkins came along, right? There's this constant replenishing of the diet bookshelves. Yeah. I I almost feel like we probably reached peak paleo. Um, Okay. But I'm okay with that because I think for me, I'm not totally wedded to this whole idea of paleo that is totally fixed and um, like totally you can't fix it or change it. Like I think that's stupid. Like if you have this totally prescribed idea of what your diet has to be and you can't waver from it, even if like new information comes up or it doesn't work for you, like I think that's not the best diet. Like for me, I discovered paleo and that's how I kind of got introduced to all of this stuff. But as new information comes out or I've tried different things with myself, like I I don't think there is a one size fits all Mm -hmm. for anybody. And um, people just have to see what works for them. I think it it works if you kind of do like a 30 day reset and kind of cut out things that are, um, you know, normally cause people problems. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once that 30 days is over, you have to eat in the real world and see what works for you and and systematically try out things and see how that affects you. But, like, I eat things that are not, um, you know, traditionally paleo. Like, I eat some white rice. Mm. Um, Blasphemy. I I know. I was on a taco crawl today. Really? Where did you go? uh, What is that place? It's something Punta, something with a five in East L.A. It was really good. Yeah, it's it's on my Instagram. Nice. All right, we'll check that. And then we that. went to a Oaxacan place for lunch, and nice. then we had some. Yeah, Mexican food is tough with paleo. Yeah, but you can go gluten free. So sure. I think for me, yeah. my, I know that I, 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 gluten does not, um, does not work well with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of my cutoff when I got to eat. I was like, oh, do you just have pizza and just say F it? And I'm like, no, actually, I don't because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to go into TMI, but, you know, I just... I you don't want to feel able, bad. Yeah, I don't want to feel bad. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of know what my cutoffs are, but I will do, like, a gluten-free treat, and I will do other things that mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of junky, but at least I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I think I would eat all these low-fat muffins and all this crappy processed low-fat stuff mm-hmm. all the time, and I was like, oh, it must be healthy. It's only 100 calories or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, whereas now I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat this, and if it stops tasting good, I'm going to stop eating it. Yeah. Um, and, like, before I would have, like, a giant thing of, like, whole grain whatever, um, which tasted awful. Right. Um, but now it's like I'll have, um, like, a piece of 
protein that's probably the size of my hand, but I care about the quality of that protein. And then the rest of the plate is vegetables. Um, And I probably eat more vegetables now than when I used to, like, be a (laughs) semi-vegetarian. And I just feel better. But I think a lot of people who – the reason why I think paleo becomes kind of popular or if people do, like, a Whole30 – it's, they really do feel better, yeah. like, if they stick with it. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened. Sure. I mean, me. you're cutting out all this junk. and Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, wait, I, I, I have a bunch of questions for you, but I want to I hear how you got started in this. And so you're a, you're a pharmacist? Is that? I am a drug dealer by trade. Okay. I am licensed. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I graduated with the pharmacy doctorate. When I was in pharmacy school, I thought I wanted to work at a drug company and, you know, How'd just do drug information. Really? Um, yeah. And then I and actually... Did you go up, like, were you going to medical school? Is that well, you your know, path? What was... I think I... I think what's I, the childhood like for what's the child? Well, I, pretty traditional okay. Chinese-American Did you upbringing. grow up in, in San Francisco? I grew up in Menlo Park, okay. so in the Bay Area. I'm from San Francisco. Yeah, I went to Cal. Okay. Um, and then when I was at Cal, I did a bunch of kind of the whole pre-med courses, but I was like, I don't want to be a doctor because I don't want to touch naked people. It's like, I don't want to be a dentist because I don't want to stick my hand in anybody's mouth. I don't want to be an optometrist because I don't want to stick my hand in anyone's eyes. So you're like kind of a germaphobe. At the time I was, but Wait. now I, I believe in the whole microbiome thing. Okay. And I'm, I'm way, I, okay. see, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, there are lots of things that have changed since I was in college yeah. about how I feel. I'm um, sure. And so then I think, I was like, well, maybe I'll do nutrition because that's really interesting. I love food. Um, but what's really interesting is nutrition and food science in the early 90s was all about low fat. Yeah. And how saturated fat is bad for you. Totally. And all of this stuff. So I'm like, oh, this is, this is what must be right. And then <laughs> I think I tried working in a lab, but I hated working in a lab. And I was like, what other choices there? And so I think one day my sister was going to school at UC San Diego, and she gave me this necklace that had some lead in it that I think she got in Tijuana. And so it was really pretty, and I used to wear it all the time. And one day I went to the bathroom, and I took a shower. And when I came back, I was holding the necklace. And when I looked, it had shattered. And I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, mercury everywhere. Like, this isn't good. <laughs> like, wow. And then I called the poison control center, and I kept on calling them and saying, oh, is this okay? And they, like, reassured me that it was probably okay, but I should move, um, <laughs> which was fine because I was renting. And then I was like, well, what kind of qualifications do you guys have? Like, what, what degrees do you guys have to kind of tell me that I'm sure they appreciated okay? that. I know, I know, like, some little snotty-nosed, like, 19-year-old. Um, and they're like, oh, we're all pharmacists. We uh-huh. all have pharmacy doctorates. We're oh, like, wow. huh. That's a very interesting thing. I didn't yeah. know that you could do other things besides, you know, counting pills. And so then I looked into pharmacy school, and it seemed very clean. <laughs> and so then I went to pharmacy school, and I thought I was going to work in drug information and work at a drug company. And then I did work at one for a little bit. Mm. And when I did, I was like, huh, this is not where I want to work. This yeah. is like, I, I was, it was eye-opening Um, just what um, kind of goes on behind the scenes. And like all of these clinical trials. What's an example? Well, uh, okay, so I think when you're in We're going to do an expose of the big pharma on Rebel Radio. It's not really like, but I think when you're in school, you, you see all these like clinical trials, things that are written up in like, 
you know, JAMA or, you know, all of these medical journals. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, these are totally solid. But then when I was working at a drug company, I was like, oh, really? Like the drug company hires people to write these studies and they just pay the doctor to put their name on it. I mean, there was just all these things where I was like, I don't know that this is what I thought it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I ended up being an ICU pharmacist at Stanford but the hours were crazy, and so then the night shift position came up, which sounds crazy, but at least I would know what my schedule was. So I would work seven nights on and then seven off. Oh, wow. Um, and so, but you're working shift work, so it's not like you're a doctor and you're working like 72 hours in a row or whatever it is. Right. Like I work a 10-hour shift, and then I sleep during the day, <laughs> and then in my week off, like I, I'm totally free. Um, and so I did that for a long time, and I you know, all the money we had before we had kids would just go towards going out to eat um, and traveling. And then we had our kids, and then my husband and I just were totally out of shape and felt terrible. And so he started um, kind of looking for a home, kind of home DVDs that we could do. So he did mm. P90X. Okay. And I did, like, the girl version of it. And through P90X— I think it's actually co-ed. No, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. But there's like a there's this woman who I really admire named Shalene Johnson. Okay. And she had like like Shalene Extreme. So I did okay. that one. I mean, I yes, I know they're both co-ed. Um, but I think through P90X, he discovered paleo because yeah. Mark Sisson was on one of the videos okay. as some sort of like nutrition consultant. And then he was telling me all about this crazy paleo diet thing. And I'm like, that sounds not healthy. Like, what year is that? Uh, so 2010, 2009, 2010. Okay. It's pretty early in that. Not super early, but, um, earlier than I normally adopt things. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like a, oh, I'm going to wait to see what all the bugs are before I buy like the new iPhone or whatever. Um, and so he tried it and he felt great. James is nodding. He's still on a Blackberry. (laughs) (laughs) Blackberry. The the monochrome one. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't take any chances. Yeah. Um, And so he tried it. He felt great and he looked great and he had all this energy. But I was like, what do you mean you're eating fat? And what do you mean you're eating red meat and all this other stuff? And look, I'm going to make whole grain pizza and, you know, all this other stuff. Like, that's okay. I'll I'll have, you know, my steak salad or whatever. Uh Um, But I think he, and he didn't try to push it on me at all. And I think it's because he knows that if he tries to push it on me, I'll just feel like, no way. Sure. And so then I decided to try it on my own, and then I felt so great that I became this crazy evangelist. And then I've always loved food blogs, but I think by 2010, there were there were already tons and tons of yeah, food blogs. Sure. And I was like, I can't contribute anything different. And, and were then, you blogging already? In no, Henry, Henry had been the blogger before. So okay. he, he had like a... <laughs> I think he had a daddy blog initially when our first kid okay. was born. And then actually Oliver Wang uh-huh. and him were part of this Asian dad oh, yeah. um, blogging group. I think but- I see his posts <laughs> about that, yeah. And then he decided to start a fitness blog okay. um, right when he started P90X. And that's how he um, stayed accountable and it was called Fit Bomb. And he would talk every day about his workout and he'd do research on the people and the videos. Um, and that's how he discovered, I think, Mark Sisson. Mm-hmm. And then I always read them, but I didn't think I would do anything. And then when I discovered paleo, I was like, oh, I should do like a paleo food blog because there are some out there, but there's not anything that really is like speaks to me. And Mm -hmm. so then 
I I think he's like, really? You would you would do it? I'm like, yeah. And I think I just said it offhand. So then I guess that day he decided to buy, like, you know, start a Tumblr for me. And it still is a Tumblr. Nice. Um, and he's like, what would you call it? I'm like, Nom Nom Paleo. And so then that's how we stuck with the name. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it started. Nice. And we're still on Tumblr, which is probably the dumbest thing. Because it's Why? not made, it's not made to be a for food like for food blogs so there's all these plugins that we can't use like it's not good for seo the pictures are hard to pin so i think we do need to migrate off of um tumblr but well wix is a sponsor of this show we can uh we can hook you up yeah we easy yeah that's cool i actually went to i actually supported one of your sponsors after listening to your show uh thrive market oh well they're not officially a sponsor but we like them okay (laughs) Well, they seem like a sponsor. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I love the little promo you did with them on your yeah. site. We're actually an inv- like we're a teeny tiny investor, but oh, I cool. think that they nice. they do really. I I love the products they have. Yeah. I think I hadn't heard of them before. Yeah, they're pretty cool. That's cool, nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you start this up, mm-hmm. and what does anybody care? Initially, I don't think so. So I I was just. So I was just posting stuff that I thought would be helpful to someone like me who was, like, trying to learn paleo or to eat paleo. So I was just posting what I was eating, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that became kind of unsustainable because I was, like, posting three times a day. Right. Um, And so I think I started posting, like, all the stuff I was eating and with terrible iPhone pictures. And then eventually I started morphing into, like, recipes because I was like, oh, this is what I made. Mm -hmm. And this is – and it was more a record for myself. Um, and I don't really even know how other people started finding it. I think I started commenting on other paleo blogs, and so then they would link back. Um, and I started going to some paleo conferences, okay. and then maybe that's kind of how it all started. But I think the whole paleo movement kind of, the whole momentum started in like 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. And I guess more people started discovering it that way. And then I think when... There were more eyeballs on it. Henry was like, you really have to fix your pictures. And I was like, well, I don't I don't really know how to do that. I mean, I know what looks good and what doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, Food photography is a whole It's a whole science, different right? thing. Yeah. Um, but Henry is very artistic. And so I was like, okay, so if you want me to improve how things look, you need to just help me. Mm-hmm. And so then he kind of shut down his fitness blog. And so he helps with the pictures and it, it has my, – my blog has changed over the years. So I think initially I was posting everything I was eating. Mm-hmm. And then I was posting daily. And then I was doing recipes. But now it's more like once a week I will do recipes. So it's more okay. kind of evergreen content. Yeah. Um, but we have stayed with the whole step-by-step pictures, um, which is what we did since the beginning. Because I think for me, I was like, well, this is how I think – it would be the easiest for people to cook if they could see step by step yeah. what it should look like. And so then they won't get discouraged or, you know, they know they're on the right track or not on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know what it's like to try a recipe and to have spent all of this money and all of this sweat equity to end up with something crappy. Um, and then you never want to cook again, right? right. Sure. Um, and so I think for the blog and for our book and our app and stuff, we just want to want to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, and hopefully pretty and inspiring to people. So, what was the what was the feedback or or when did you start getting a response that made you think you were onto something? 
I think 2012 was when our traffic took off. But you know what's really funny is I don't, I don't really look at our numbers. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that we have, um, you know, a lot of readers and a lot of engagement. But I, because of my real life, I don't seem to know these people. They just kind of seem like numbers. Like I don't know if that makes sense. Like so, we've well, never chased or. We've never really chased numbers, I guess. I mean, if we see it dipping, we're like, oh, no, it's dipping. But it's – we. I don't even think of it – I almost think of it as like a video game. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, let's get to the next, you know, thousand, you know, Instagram followers or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't think of them as people. And I don't – I don't know. I think people are discover paleo on their own and yeah. it, they're still discovering it and then they discover me, I guess. I don't know. Like <laughs> – I don't know it's anything about this. Like, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think you know, all of corporate America is like obsessing over the numbers. Yeah, like I was talking and, to one of my friends, and she's like, "Well, what's your ROI on this?" I was like, "What does ROI stand for?" Like, <laughs> so she's like, "Oh, it's return on investment." I'm like, "I don't know," because we don't we like everything we kind of put out. We don't really think about it. Like, if we have the money, like everything is self financed, and that's right. why I think I worked until a year and a half ago at my night shift job. Um, and then Henry still continues to work. But I did it because I was like, this way I'm not dependent on anybody else. I'm not mm-hmm. dependent on sponsors. Like if we want to make something crazy like an action figure, we'll just do it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we've done What's everything. the ROI of this action figure? I don't know. Like I don't think – we've definitely not made our money back. No. Yeah, but I think it's just a really fun thing to it's have awesome. out yeah. in the world. And we – you can buy it on I mean, our site, but we like don't There's like baby bacon it. on here. There is, and a cleaver and eggs. Um, and you can buy this for yourself. <laughs> you can, or I can send you guys some. We have plenty in our garage. <laughs> like, but I think that it's just a fun thing to have. Like, we just like making fun, fun things. Yeah, that's so cool. And then uh, why the book? So we, we initially did an app first. Yeah. So we had an iPad app um, that we put out in 2012. Um, but I think after that came out and, you know, with the changes, like, you know, iOS changes all the time and you always have to upgrade and mm-hmm. app development is crazy expensive and we had no clue yeah. how expensive it was. And people only want to pay like nothing right. <laughs> for an app. Yeah. And so I think I was like, well, I'd really like a book cause I love cookbooks. I've been a cookbook collector my whole life. And I was like, and it's something physical and tangible and as cool as the app is and as beautiful as pictures are and how like interactive and fun like it's not a thing right that you can show to like people and say oh this is this is our book you know it's so funny you say that i so i i interviewed matthew modine the mm-hmm. actor oh yeah 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 yeah. and he was he had just put out a book mm-hmm. that he also did as an app mm-hmm. and this this interactive kind of ipad experience mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, you know, people will pay twenty four ninety five for a book. Yes. With no problem, but no one's yes. going to spend that on an app. Yeah, people will pay that much for an ebook, which is right. just like a PDF, right? Yeah. That does nothing, yeah. and you just print it out. It's like a Word document. Right. Um, so there's like this, just this weird. Like I, I think when we first did the app, we did it um, two thousand eleven, so mm-hmm. long way back. Not not way back, but in app terms, it's like way back. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so we thought this was like the new wave of cookbooks. Like no one's going to do cookbooks anymore. Right. Everyone's going to want to do iPads. But then I think when like people started throwing money into it, they discovered that 
consumers didn't want to pay for it. Like no matter how right. cool it is, they're so used to having like free apps. Yeah. Um, and apps are normally just marketing and branding for big companies. And mm-hmm. so they just throw money at it. And they don't charge anything, mm-hmm. but like for like a mom and pop operation, we can't right. do that. Yeah. Um, and so with a book, we're just like, you know, it's tangible. We can make it exactly how we want. Um, and so at first we were going to self-publish, mm-hmm. but then our publisher reached out to us, and um, you know, we negotiated an offer that we really liked. But what we loved about it was they just gave us total creative control. Um, and they trusted us, and they trusted that we knew our audience. Yeah. And so it's all designed by Henry and laid out by Henry. We just, you know, it has butt jokes, um, and it's it's how we envisioned our our book. Yeah, that's so cool. Big shout out to our sponsors at Wix.com. Thank you to Wix for supporting the Rebel Radio Show. And the rest of you, you need a website for your business, your personal portfolio. Whatever your hustle is, you need a site that you can send around. You don't need to spend a bunch of money hiring a designer, a coder, all that stuff. Just go to Wix.com. There's hundreds of templates you can choose from. It's real easy to customize. Drop in all your images, your text, all that stuff. And the result is a great-looking website that you made yourself for free. And it's fast and easy. So save a bunch of time, money, and all that. Get it done. There's no credit card required or none of that hassle. You can get your website live today. Wix.com, W-I-X.com. So did you know, like, you know, you talk about the numbers and, and that that's not really the focus. So, like, how did you know that there was an audience ready to buy a your book? Uh, well, we knew there was an audience that bought our app. Okay. Um, and there are tons of paleo cookbooks out there now. Yeah. Um, but I think at the time when our book came out in 2013, it still wasn't like this, the glut that it is now. Um, and I, I don't know. I think, I think that um, paleo people, because they don't have a lot of paleo friends in real life, mm-hmm are very loyal to their tribe. And so, and I don't try to, um, I don't always try to like sell crap to like my readers. Like we really do believe in like the NPR model of putting out like all this free, great content. And then when we do put out something that hopefully it's like worth their money and then Mm -hmm. by then they want to support us. Um, And I don't know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's just <laughs> like... It's great. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, and what were there... So you put the book out. Were there any big surprises or, or you know, was the reception so there was, what you expected? Yeah. I mean, I think... Well, I mean, I think we we just wanted to not disappoint our publisher. Um, but, you know, it's continued to sell, yeah. you know, pretty well. I think that it's almost sold, like... 200,000, which is crazy. Um, And, you know, we were nominated for James Beard Award, which is crazy. Um, And so I I I have the worst. I think James Beard was paleo. No, like I have, I have like the worst case of imposter syndrome. So I was like, what the? (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I mean, all those things have been awesome yeah. and surprising. How do you use that, the imposter syndrome? I, like, why do I have it? No. Oh, like, like, how do you? Oh, I just hide it. I just okay. make sure people don't know I'm like. <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody has that. Yeah, I We've guess. had a lot of people on this show tell us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think to some extent it, it fuels you. Yeah, it, I think it does. I think I remember reading a New Yorker article about David Chang and how uh-huh. he has, like, total imposter syndrome. I'm like, what? How could he have imposter syndrome? Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Are there, um, so you mentioned David Chang, are there, like, models that you saw for yourself as you were becoming this sort of food oh. personality? Well, there are definitely people I really admire. Like, I really admire um, Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen because okay. I feel like she has a beautiful website and she writes beautifully and her recipes always work. And she doesn't take ads. She's not a sellout in any way. Not like I'm saying that people who do those things are sellouts, but she's just, I think, very true to um, just making sure she has great content. Um, and she's someone I would want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Um and so I love her stuff. Nice. Anybody else you, you looked at, like, to think, you know, to kind of inform your process? Hmm. Um, well, I think um, Melissa Jolwan, who has uh, the blog meljolwan.com, and her cookbooks are well-fed and well-fed, too. She's also in the paleo space. Mm-hmm. But she is, like, I think she's, like, a sister from another mister, and she she self-published and totally did her own thing. Mm-hmm. And I just really admire how she's been able to do it and yeah. to chart her own course. And then in a year or two, she and her husband are moving to the Czech Republic because that's where she wants to end up. Wow. And I just, I love that. I yeah. love that, you know, you know, it's not, for her, it's not, um, you know, fame or, you know, getting a TV show or anything. It really is just, putting out kick-ass cookbooks mm-hmm. and being, you know, in charge of her own destiny. And what about for you? What what drives you to do this? What drives me to do this? Well, um, I like putting out good content. Um, I like being able to spend a lot of time with my family. And I, I also like being able to be in charge of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Portland, and so... We just, um, you know, we just got a place in Portland, so that's where I want my forever home. But right nice. now, I think we're we're part time until mm-hmm. it's our forever home. Um, but like, I love that I can do that. I love that we can travel. I yeah. love that. Why Portland? <sighs> so many reasons, except for when I found out that there's that whole Cascadian subduction. Yeah. Oh, that. No, I don't just, know what like, that is. Apparently, there's this giant um, fault line thing. Oh yeah, that happens every 300 years, and they're overdue, and it's gonna like wipe out. Maybe, they're, maybe <laughs> their math is wrong. Seattle. Well, yeah, hopefully. Um, but I love Portland because um, I love the food scene mm. a lot. I love the people. The people are all so open and nice. I love that there's nature. I love that like hiking trails and everything are just are so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pace isn't this crazy, hectic pace that, because right now we live right in the heart of Silicon Valley in Palo Alto. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, there's just, I think it's not the best 
place to raise your kids, like yeah. to have that much pressure. Sure. Um, because there are kids at the high schools who are committing suicide. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. Like that, that, yeah. So you have a fine. friend who's a teacher in Palo Alto and they've, they've lost a number of kids in, yeah. every year. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think the fact that it's, it's an option, right? Like when mm. I was growing up, you know, it wasn't, Right. It was. I mean, yeah, you'd be sad or depressed. I mean, that's all part of being a teenager. But it didn't seem like suicide could be an option out. Um, but now it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I like Portland. <laughs> yeah. So how's the? Um, you mentioned the Paleo tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it? You know, coming. I mean, I guess at some point everyone's an outsider, right? But mm-hmm. you sort of found your way into it, like. Mm-hmm. Was that very welcoming as a community, or, or was there, I think know, so. was there resistance? Are there like paleo haters? Oh that- well, there's always there's always haters, right? I mean, um, but I think that when I first got into it in like 2010, I think everybody felt the same way. They're like, oh, I I can't believe how great we feel, and yeah. everyone else thinks we're crazy, but you guys don't think like. My internet friends don't think I'm crazy. Yeah. And then we'd meet each other at um, like conferences or, you know, or if we happen to be traveling um, in each other's area, we'd all meet up and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, look, like minded people. <laughs> um, and I think it's still like that. Um, and especially like at CrossFit boxes, because like a lot of people who do CrossFit already, that's like a tribe, right? Because right. they're sure. all in the cult of CrossFit. Yeah. But then they all do, a lot of them do paleo. And so that's, I think, another place where people find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's pretty welcoming. But I, paleo is um, getting a little more mainstream. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not quite as mainstream as I think it is because I like live and breathe it. Because you're in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it is because I think everybody who goes paleo knows where someone else came from. Like, oh, I remember feeling that way. And sure. I remember how it was kind of hard to overcome this. Mm-hmm. But or it's hard to deal with like naysayers or whatever. And so I think I think it's pretty welcoming. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, you know, you said something uh, that sort of everyone else thinks we're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. For communities, mm-hmm. right, to feel sort of Us special. against them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so funny because one of my friends who I hadn't seen in a long time, who was one of my college friends, was like, wow, what would Michelle from, like, the 90s think of Michelle today? <laughs> and I was like, wow, she would hate her. <laughs> she would think, like, who is this crazy person who believes in all of this kooky stuff um but i really do feel like now i'm like you know i'm i feel way more open-minded about things like you know that sounds crazy but you never know yeah (laughs) how funny Mm -hmm. so you know this um like it's it's so easy i think for people to to just go off the deep end and mm-hmm. not with just with paleo, but, you know, with any mm-hmm. of these trends. And, you know, you, I think I've, I've, I'm fascinated by your background mm-hmm. um, coming from health and medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't have a conversation with somebody without getting either medical advice or mm-hmm. diet advice. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think, you know, paleo 
um, I'm like you that I, you know, I sort of discovered it. It was actually kind of prescribed to me by a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a very progressive doctor. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a naturopath, mm-hmm. and, um, and she's great. And she, you know, figured me out, ran a bunch of tests, and mm-hmm. looked at me and said, you know, here's what your problem, and and here's what you should do, and. But, you know, but as you start to to learn about it, and again, not just paleo, I, th- I see this with, you know, there's there's so much pseudoscience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also true in medicine. Mm-hmm. Like in science itself is so much pseudoscience, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much of just this like, you know, people deciding that something's true. Yeah. No, see that that is true. There is there is a lot of pseudoscience that people like bring up in paleo and in in a lot of these kind of health movements. But I think for me, it was just seeing how I felt, um, and I yeah. think just kind of bringing it back to the basics and um, you know eating ingredients, eating foods that are made from actual ingredients that you mm-hmm. cook with. Like I don't think that can really be bad for you. You know what right. I mean? Um, yeah. Like, and I just felt so much better. And and that, but that's, but I, I, I am, but that's why I never talk about, like, the science behind stuff. Like, yeah. I leave that to whoever else wants to defend paleo. Sure. And they're like, no, but you're, like, a pharmacist and you have a nutrition degree. I'm like, yeah, but that was, my nutrition degree taught me, like, totally the wrong stuff. Right. Um. And I think things are changing all the time, and a lot of clinical trials are misinterpreted. Um, yeah, or as you mentioned, you know, they might be are manipulated. Yeah, absolutely, right? Sure. Um, and so I think people just have to see what works for them. Yeah. And a lot of people who do try it really do feel so great. And then they think everything they've ever learned is a lie. Right. And so, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, I never try to convince anyone to try it. Um, when I was working, it was like my, my, my dirty secret. Like, I never told anyone at work that uh-huh. I had this secret blog and all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah, that probably stuff. doesn't go over too well in, in, uh, in a traditional medicine. Yeah. Circle. But, I mean, but then people started finding me. Like, they're right. like, oh, like, like in the middle of the night, like people would you come out to the pharmacy and they're like, oh, oh, I heard that, you know, I read your blog and I think like I I feel so much better and I've wow. lost all this weight. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, can you sign my book? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, That's great. Um, but like when I was working at the hospital, I would see all of these doctors and nurses and I know like they're, they're trying to do the right thing because they're following what like the American Heart Association tells them to eat and do. Right. But they're all, they all don't feel good. And they're, you know, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's, it's not working the yeah. way, um, it's just not working. <laughs> sure. So now, so the book's been a big success. The socks are awesome. Like what's the next, uh, what's, what's the next phase? So Henry and I are working on our second book. Okay. Um, and so that is what we're kind of. We're up to our necks in it. Um, we have our first pages due to our publisher by the fall. So we're just trying to crank it, mm-hmm. you know, and we're – this time I think it will be even more comic book-like, which we really like. Cool. Um, so, yeah, and, and the book this time is just 
I mean, I, we, can't, we haven't made a, a big announcement about it, but basically it, it's going to try to make it even easier for people to cook for themselves. Because I think ultimately cool. that's all that, that's the most important thing, yeah. is to actually cook your meals, know what you're cooking, and yeah. eat tasty food. Yeah. Do you think, you know, when we think about the, the food industrial complex, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so many factors conspiring to keep people from eating healthy food. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, I mean, I wanted to join the flavor industry. Like when, yeah. I, when I was a nutrition and food science major before I decided that lab work sucked, I was like, I totally want to be part of the flavor industry and come up with these chemicals that like taste this certain way and you wow. know, this, this magic compound that will make it brown in the microwave, like all the stuff. I'm like, wow, better living through chemistry. I was uh-huh. all sure. about that. And now I'm like, no, maybe we should just... You know, a carrot is a carrot. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Do you think that, um, you know, I'm always fascinated when the, these things happen, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's something like paleo, you know, I think food has undergone this revolution mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, food trucks, street food, you know, completely reinvented fast food, mm-hmm. right? Um, these TV chefs, you know, there's always been chefs on TV, but mm-hmm. there's this explosion. Right? Yeah, there's celebrities. There's there's celebrities, and mm-hmm. there's um, and you know, it used to be. I mean, uh, you know, you probably remember, like, food just wasn't that good mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah, you know, fine dining even was like there was, you know, there was so little creativity and mm-hmm. innovation happening, right? And in the last twenty years, maybe. That's all completely changed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder, um, so I'm fascinated with, like, the, the industry, the restaurant industry that seems to change so little mm-hmm. as, like, all these big things are happening. And, you know, I'm wondering, like, how come no one's hired Roy Choi to be their big corporate chef for, a, you know, a massive chain or, um, or any of that, right? Like, no, yeah. n- no one's doing that. You know, the best you get is now there's, like, a gluten-free menu Mm-hmm. Which is something, yeah. I guess, but it's still crap, right? It's just yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is like kind of this underground movement, right? Yeah. So, um, I think until there's enough demand, that's when they'll start responding. I mean, that's why now I think big companies like Green Giant have like cauliflower rice that you can buy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So they are kind of jumping on it now. Yeah. But people have been, um, you know, ricing their own cauliflower for like five years. Yeah. So I think it takes time before corporate That's America. That's a pain in the ass too, by the way. It is. Yeah. But, you know, the frozen Trader Joe stuff is pretty good. Have we you tried that? We just ate it last night. Yeah. It yeah, makes it, really it super easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it takes time for it to kind of cross over. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that corporate America really will totally, you know, Get on board. You know, I spent some time talking to one of the, the canned and frozen food mm-hmm. conglomerates last year, and they were talking about, I guess, the uh, the term they're using. Well, it's so that the trend is people shop in the perimeter of the mm-hmm. store and completely ignoring the center aisles, right. which is where the frozen and canned food yeah. lives. And so, you know, you know, I get your point. Like, demand's got to drive that, but, you know, I also feel like they're so slow. Yeah. To understand, they like 
until it's really hurting, mm -hmm. right? In which case, it's usually too late. Yeah. Right? Like, they're not going to get people back into canned food. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. It is It is a weird it's a weird thing, and a lot of people have accused paleo of also being, like, elitist because it's so expensive, right? It so, is expensive. Yeah, it can be really expensive. Um, so there are all of these factors, you know, because it is so cheap yeah. for someone to go buy some fast food um, at a fast food chain. And they're already working, like, two or three jobs, yeah. and they just want to feed their kids. And it's just – it's a hard – it is a hard thing to kind of maneuver, but I think there are ways um, to make it more affordable. And I think the reason why paleo is also, um, you know, gaining a lot of steam is because there are lots of moms like me who really care about what they're feeding their kids. Mm -hmm. And so they are, I think there is a mindset change and people are, you know, starting to a lot more money to groceries as opposed to other things that they shouldn't be spending their money on. Mm -hmm. um, like maybe eating out. Yeah, eating out or even like cable TV or, you know, other things like all sure. of these electronics and things that you really don't necessarily need. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, caveman yeah. didn't have. Right, right. Didn't have iPads. Right, exactly. But I think like for me, like I was like, what am I feeding my kids? Why is it that I won't eat their leftovers? Yeah. You know, so. I think that there is kind of this big change, and I think it'll happen. Yeah. You you mentioned you know that it's maybe peaked. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so what does that mean for nom nom paleo? I don't know. I don't know that people are just like, "What's your one year plan? What's your five year plan?" We don't have. We don't. We never. We we don't know. Okay. I mean, I think we're gonna ride it as long as we can, um, but I think it. I'm willing to evolve, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> but because um, I think that's kind of how everyone is. You just kind of change and pivot. Yeah. Um, and right now it's been a great ride, and I'm very happy with how things are. I'm very grateful, and I'm in, like, I like being in my present state. Mm. So I'm like, whatever happens, happens. We'll figure out. Is there a temptation to to make it more of a business? I think I have the luxury of um, Henry not quitting his real job for us to really go crazy on that. Mm -hmm. um, and if he were to quit his real job, then we'd probably have to reevaluate things. Um, but because we... Hmm. Well, that's hard to say because, you know, Nom Nom Paleo is our business. We, sure. do, we do make money through Nom Nom Paleo. No, but, I mean, yeah. you could – presumably you could go out and get investors and you right, could, like – Right, right. You know, whatever. Could I think be a, I, like, I like being a lifestyle business. Okay. And so I'm happy with it helping us pay the mortgage, helping us do the things we want to do. But yeah. I'm not – I'm my goal is not to take over the world and turn everyone paleo. Like, mm -hmm. if you want to be paleo, I'm happy to make you – like – to show you a tastier way to do it, but I'm cool with how things are, which is probably not the smartest business person thing to say, but I, I, I like it <laughs> like this. I don't know. I think a lot of businesses go, go under because they, they kind of push that harder than the market is ready for yeah. or maybe harder than they're ready for. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, you know, again, we, we're like this small operation, so, like, I, want, I don't want to kill Henry and I don't want to like 
totally um, have all these issues because I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating well. Like, yeah. like I, I, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy life because this is like the only life we have. Yeah. So. Love it. <laughs> so so, uh, give me some. But I think this might also be because I'm in my early 40s now. Like, I okay. think if I were, if this all happened when I was in my 20s, I might go into it um, a different, with a different perspective. And, right. um, you know, the grind would be everything, um, which it still is. Like, we, don't get me wrong, we, like, work all the time. But I think our goals are different mm. um, than they would have been if we were younger. And we have two kids that we want to spend time with. and. Yeah. You know, my oldest son is already 11, and, you know, he's going to fly the coop in, like, seven years. So, you know, I like how things are. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the toughest day on the job? What's the toughest day on the job? Um, I think just right now with the whole cookbook development, it is just making sure we hit the deadlines. Mm-hmm. So it is... I mean, I have to handle all the social media, um, so I have to do all that stuff, and we put out, like, our newsletter, which I do, but then it's also doing all the recipe testing and development, because Henry is all is very concerned about how things look, yeah. which is great, yeah. but I'm super concerned that the recipes work, and so that is the thing that stresses me out the most. He's like, who cares? It looks good. I'm like, no, it has to taste good. Yeah, sure. I don't care what it looks like. So you're just cooking constantly? I'm cooking constantly, or I'm always, um, you know, every time I'm eating, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool flavor combination. How do I dumb it down for, like, a home cook? Right. Um, So it's always just having that. But, I mean, but, again, this is first world problems. I mean, like, come on, right? This is, yeah. Back when I was, like, up in the middle of the night and, you know, dealing drugs and then coming back and taking care of the kids, like, that was a little harder. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um. You mentioned, you know, you, you do all the social media. So, mm-hmm. like, how is there – you, like, study that and, like, are you a, a growth hacker and you no. learn all the tricks or – No. Well, I mean, I I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about different ways to do things. Like what? Um, I like Smart Passive Income because mm. um, I think Pat Flynn, you know, he went to Cal just like I did. <laughs> and I, I like that he's just kind of – made himself who he is today. Okay. Um, I love listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast a lot. Yeah. Um, and I get good tips from, I mean, obviously those people are, a lot of his guests are like billionaires or crazy founders and VCs, but they're little hacks that I, I learn. I'm like, oh, maybe I should meditate more mm-hmm. or um, maybe I shouldn't, you know, pay attention to my email that much. You know, I have to do an autoresponder. Like there right. are certain things that I do. Sure. But I... The way I do social media is, I think of any, well, it's not even social media. Everything that I, that we put out for Nom Nom Paleo, including social media, I always think of myself as the consumer of that. Like, how would I feel if someone's always, you know, just doing links to sell their stuff? Like, I think that would be lame. And so, like, on Twitter, I'm just always responding to people. Like, people ping me on Twitter. I'm always just answering their questions. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I only put up stuff that I think um, will be helpful. Like, hey, this is what I'm eating. And yeah. this is, like, if you're in Portland, this is a great place to get gluten-free food. Um, and so I always want it to be helpful, useful. And Henry makes sure it's pretty. <laughs> cool. 
That's great. Yeah. And there are certain ones that I just don't like. Like Facebook is not my favorite no. at all. Do you do it? I mean, you're... I do it. Um, so we put stuff up on there and I, I check in on it occasionally. But I much prefer Instagram and Twitter. And I really like Periscope, but mm-hmm. nobody's really adopting, I think, Periscope. Yeah, not um, so much. But I like it. I think that I can show people live how to make something in my own kitchen. Yeah. And people can ask me questions. Um, but what? Why do you not like Facebook? I feel like um, I feel like there's kind of a very low barrier of entry to Facebook. So everybody's on it, right? Like your mm-hmm. grandma's on it, and I feel like I always get the rudest interactions on Facebook. Really. Yeah, sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And Facebook isn't anonymous, so I'm always right. curious. Yeah, it seems like it would be the other way. Right? Yeah. But maybe because there's such a low barrier to entry, this is just how these people would act in real life. And Do you get trolled? Is that Sometimes I get trolled. Really? And so then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. not I'm not a big fan of Facebook. Um, I much prefer Instagram and Twitter. So is there any feedback that's that's really you know, maybe stung, but it but it's helped. Uh, there's a lot of feedback. There's always stuff like, um, you know, this recipe didn't work, yeah. and so I get immediate feedback about recipes. So that's why I have to make sure they work right away. It's good. Um, but no matter what, I think that you can always learn something from negative feedback. Yeah. And I definitely have a much thicker skin than before. But even if I think, unless it's something totally not helpful and it's just a mean comment then there's no of there's, course sure. yeah but yeah. otherwise like someone will say oh i really don't like um how she's always using these certain words and you know or whatever i'm okay. like oh that's true i use that word a lot yeah um in my writing and so or like she's always taking pictures like this or whatever it is i i think that you can always learn something from is the there anything that's feedback. made you kind of question the core of what you're doing or you're or that's like rock solid I think it's pretty rock solid because I think we, I can always go back to dealing drugs, right? And so once it's not fun, we'll just cut the cord. We'll move to Portland. (laughs) Nice. You make your own line of drugs. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. The scary thing for me, I read something, and you know, again, but everything, like you have to question the validity of Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But so I'm like, you know, I, I won't take drugs, but I take a lot of supplements. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then I read something last month saying that, like, some test or whatever had shown that, like, 70% of supplements don't even contain the stuff that is on the label because that's not regulated. Yeah, it's not regulated. And then, you know, not, but then, you know, my core belief is, like, not that the regulation really helps mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're basically, I think, as a consumer, it's easy to just feel like you just don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that's true. But that's why I think, um, like, when you find paleo, you find other people, and then you find people you trust within paleo that will kind of, like, there are certain people I go, like, I always, like, I I really trust, like, Chris Kresser. Um, You know, I like Mark Sisson a lot. So I, I look to them if there's some question about, say, you know, I don't know, like, is, is there too much of, um, oh, like someone was asking me about, like, mad cow disease and bone broth. <laughs> and okay. I'm like, well, wow. you know, that is technically a possibility because prions are not broken down with heat, right? Okay. 
But at the same time, the chance of that actually happening are so small. Like, I think that's a— Yeah, are we getting mad cow disease in the United States? I don't think there's been a case in many, many years. And so I think sometimes you can fall down that rabbit hole too much, whereas I think— I think the best way, like someone was asking me about like plastic safety because I used to sous vide a lot. And sous vide is where, you know, you put meat or vegetables Mm -hmm. vacuum sealed in some sort of plastic in a temperature controlled water bath. Um, And it was really great when I was working nights because I could batch cook a bunch. You don't ruin anything, especially grass fed meat is so expensive. Like Mm -hmm. you can perfectly cook stuff. And so people started asking like, well, what about plastic? What about like um, all the plasticizers and BPA and all this other stuff? And then I started really freaking out about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I could be exposing my kids and all this stuff. But then I talked to my friend who worked for, like, a failure analysis company. And he's like, well, that is all true. Like, you technically, these things, yes, these things could happen. But you are way more likely to be killed crossing the street by by getting hit by a car than any of this stuff eventually killing you. And that just kind of put things in perspective. Like, you do the best you can, Mm -hmm. but you have to enjoy life, too. And so that's kind of where... I, I kind of I think of things like that's why when I'm in L.A., I'm going to go on a taco crawl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to get kicked out of here in just a minute. Um, but uh, so I have a, a last couple questions and then we'll let you go. OK. Um, you mentioned the hacks. So w- what are some favorite, you know, as as someone running your own business? Give us your your Tim Ferriss. Stuff like what? What are the most important habits or tools for you? Oh, that's hard. I don't think I have oh. that figured out. Okay. I can tell you cooking hacks. I have cooking okay. hacks figured out. <laughs> so I think hacks. you should always figure out which ingredients have umami and add them to whatever you have. So umami is the fifth taste. So yeah. it's not sweet, salty, sour, or bitter. It is that indescribable, delicious, meaty taste. Um, and so fish sauce is umami, like liquid umami, and you sure. just add a little bit to anything, not just Asian food, and it totally amps it up. Like I will make my kids scrambled eggs. I will use fish sauce instead of salt, mm-hmm. and it tastes amazing. Um, and you should always add mushrooms. You should always have tomato paste. You should have seaweed and furikake because all those things add umami, and they will instantly make your food taste better without you having to do anything. Love it. That's awesome. But business hacks, I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Okay. Uh, what about just like daily habit stuff? Like, I do try to meditate. Yeah. And I do, you, do what try. Do you, what do you do? I do headspace. Yeah, me too. Um, and then I also, yeah, I think it's a great, a great tool. Yeah. I also try to go on a walk mm. once a day just to kind of clear my mind. And that's when I listen to my podcasts. Yeah. And I just love, I just love listening to podcasts when I'm walking. Um, I always, I have, um, you know, a flux on all my mm-hmm. devices. Yeah. I have the Amber goggles. I downloaded the iOS 9.3 so I could have that night shift so that yep. my electronic devices aren't shining blue light in my face at night. Um, and so I make sure I have daylight, like I walk around outside and mm-hmm. get some sun in the morning and I back away from the electronic devices you know, by like 8 or 9 p.m., and I don't keep any of them in my bedroom. Wow. And I also have it completely blacked out in my bedroom. Yeah. Like we have blackout shades, 
And this is probably a remnant of me working nights mm-hmm. and having to try to recreate night try to sleep during, during the, the day. day. Yeah. But um, that is huge. I think any little light that's on in your bedroom as well, like, you know, if you have VCR, oh, like, cover the, all the, the little DVR lights. VCR thing kills Yes. Me. Cover yes. them all up, and yeah. they will make a huge difference yeah, in how you sleep. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I think sleep is the most important thing. Food is second. Um, exercise is third. Yeah. What um, what do you miss the most? Like food wise? Yeah, like junk. That I I love. I used to love bread and pasta a lot, uh-huh. a lot. I used to do pasta tasting menus nice. all the time. But I feel so much better that I really don't miss it as much. Yeah. And it was hard initially. Because yeah. I would just feel the pull of the bread basket um, whenever I sat at a restaurant. But that's probably the only thing. And like noodles. Mm-hmm. As like a Chinese person, I, I miss noodles. Sure. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming. No, this is a lot of fun. This is awesome having you here. Um, where does where does everybody find you? I think all things Nom Nom Paleo. So okay. nomnompaleo.com and then all social media except for Snapchat because someone stole Nom Nom Paleo. Some guy is sitting on it. Oh, you could probably get it back. You got to call Snapchat. I did. Really? And they said it's first come, first serve. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know. So Shame I'm, on you, Snapchat. I know. I'm I'm Michi Tam on Snapchat, but I'm barely. I just learned it today. Yeah. But it looks pretty fun. I don't know if it's your audience. Yeah, I think, in fact, I think that it's going to make, I think all these moms that are turning to Snapchat now are going to make all of the cool teens want to back off. That's what always happens. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, very cool. Appreciate you coming by. And uh, thanks for all the lessons. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. That was Michelle Tam keeping you healthy and wise. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time with her. Hey, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. We got some good stuff planned for you. And meanwhile, let's check out a word from our sponsor. Wix.com is the best place to go to build your own website for your business, your portfolio, your artistic career, whatever your hustle is, you need a website. And Wix.com is the place to make that happen. It's easy, it's fast, it's free. There's hundreds of designer-made customizable templates and you can just drag and drop your images, your copy in there and you're done. Wix.com, that's W-I-X.com.